0: Firefly Willow's L.I.V.E. presents Two Owls Having a Hoot, featuring your host, Mildred Lynn McDonald. Delve into the mysteries of ancient wisdom, explore the healing capabilities of energy medicine, and bridge the gap between the seen and the unseen. Get ready to challenge your six senses. Shift your perspective, learn new energy healing tools, and connect the dots between the old the new, and everything in between. Tune in to Two Owls Having a Hoot for stimulating conversations steeped in boundless curiosity and divine wonder. Airs the first Thursday of the month at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 8 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time.
1: Hello everybody, this is Mildred Lynn McDonald, and I'm your host, or I should say co-host, for Two Owls Having a Who, live from Sebastopol, California. Today we're going to talk about scanners, and scanners as they're referenced in Barbara Shear's book, and I should say leading-edge book, Refuse to Choose. To help me talk about scanners, and specifically, Are You a Scanner?, Are you not a scanner? And if you're a scanner, how do you manage to have a wonderful life and feel good about yourself? To talk about this very important area is my co-host, Madonna McGuinness, who will join us from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And to add a special bonus, Madonna is a scanner. So what I'd like to do is bring Madonna to the table and we'll have a good chat about scanning. And hopefully some of our listeners out there who have been struggling with the characteristics of being a scanner, but not knowing to put the name Scanner on it, will glean a lot of information and good feelings from our time together today. So Madonna, are you there?
2: Hi Mildred, great to have this chat today about scanners, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I bet it is, and what have you been scanning today, anything? Anything? Oh, I've been bouncing, I've been visiting people, I've been talking about employment for myself with other people, I've been reading, I've been probably on 18 different websites on the internet, I've been looking at recipes, I've been trying to work, you know, it's just continuous.
1: Today you're a scanner in full bloom.
2: I am in full <laughs> bloom, yes, and I'm wearing a bright orange-red for this call to ensure that the universe knows I am in full bloom.
1: <laughs> now, for our listeners, I'd love to give you the description of a scanner according to Barbara Scheer. So here we go. Scanners aren't undisciplined, and they don't change interests because of ADD or fear of success. They tend to be highly intelligent, multi-talented people who need to have more interests than the average person. So I'm going to read that again, and we can really think about that. They seem to be highly intelligent, multi-talented people who need to have more interests than the average person. I wonder how many of us can identify with that. Now, Madonna, I know you can. As I read that description, does anything come in for you? Do you feel that pretty well captures your life perspective and your experience being a scanner?
2: Absolutely, Mildred. This is a lifelong experience for me. I started to say the word issue, but for me, issue is such a negative, and it goes with that negative self-talk that I think a lot of scanners, at least my own experience and a lot of what I read, that many scanners experience negative self-talk, what Elizabeth Gilbert points as a great phrase, that self-shaming that we do when we're experiencing a way of living, a way of approaching things that we really don't understand. And I think Barbara Shearer's work has been monumental in this area, helping people figure it out, figure out who they really are, and to be able to move on.
1: When I'm thinking about a scanner, are you a scanner, I automatically go to what type of messages do scanners give themselves? Or what messages can our listeners identify with that may indicate that they could be a scanner? And what I'll do is I'll read some of them off. They are once again from Barbara Shear. I can never stick to anything. I know I should focus on one thing, but which one? I lose interests in things. I keep going off on another tangent. I think everybody's put on earth to do something. But I can't figure out what it is. I can't pay attention unless I'm doing many, many things at once. So if you're having this dialogue, this inner dialogue with yourself, I would suggest that maybe you might be in the arena of being a scanner. Madonna, have you ever had that type of self-talk?
2: I believe I've had it most of my life until I became a really conscious young persons as a fairly young child in school and it was it was fairly constant the information that would come from teachers to my parents was always Donna's very bright but she really needs to focus more and she really needs to apply herself and on and on so those comments became part of how I thought about myself every day because I needed a way to try and understand within that realm of tradition, you know, going to school, sitting in your desk and looking at the teacher, in that particular realm, I needed a way to cope with that environment and to try and understand what I thought was happening to me. So it was it was all rather negative and I grew up believing that I was lazy that I couldn't focus, that I was bored too easily, and that, you know, this would be a continuous struggle for me, Mildred.
1: I wanted to read a little piece once again from Barbara Shear, and it speaks to what you were talking about when you were a child. It says, as kids, most scanners have been having a great time so that the child's world can be great for scanners. At school, no one objected to their many interests because every hour of every student's school day was devoted to a different subject. But at some point in high school, or soon after, everyone was expected to make a choice, and that's when scanners ran into trouble. While some people happily narrowed down to one subject, scanners simply couldn't. This sounds like something you can really identify with, Madonna. Is that how it worked for you?
2: Yes. The only part that didn't work for me is that as a child, my place of freedom was outside of school because I went to a very traditional convent school where, you know, everything was regimented, and that's the way really good teachers, but everything was highly regimented, and everybody really needed to act and... The same, and the outcomes needed to be the same for everybody. But you know, my place was in the play world after school, on weekends, summertime. I used to cry really when I had to go back to school because I was having so much fun in my imagination in playtime. That always worked for me, and it is, you know, it's something that I really have tried the last few years to get back to as an adult is to introduce that sense of allowing myself to wander and imagine and play into my into my life and i think that that's a critical survival tool tool for scanners is that we go back to those traits that support us
1: i find it interesting When I'm talking to different women, especially younger women, and they may have tried several things, they may have turned their hand at several things, but they're burdened with the idea that they should by now have focused in on one thing. Where I look at them and I say, what a treasure chest of skills and aptitudes and opportunities and experiences and learnings that you have gleaned from your approach, your scanner approach, And I know that when a person has a realization, I know labels aren't a good thing, but I think in this case, a scanner label might be a huge relief. I always feel that if they identify with being a scanner, that and the characteristics of a scanner, that will give them the impetus that they need to be able to put all that treasure chest of experience to work for them. Because I know you've done this. But also, the other point I wanted to talk about was a scanner isn't a depressed person. And I'm wondering if you can share from your knowledge and wisdom how a scanner is different than someone who is depressed.
2: I think that for me personally, I, when I look back, I really confused my confusion about who I was and how I needed to be in the world with what I thought was depression. But when I look back, Mildred, I feel that it really was that heavy level of confusion, trying to fit myself into a standard box, if I can use that description, a standard box which expected me to pick one thing, to become really good at it, to do that one thing until... I was 65 years old or 60 years old, and then rest until the end. And, you know, I remember my mother saying to me, why can't you go into teaching? Why can't you get your Bachelor of Education that will give you that one thing, that will give you a career and help you focus? And the idea, even at 17, 18, of picking that one thing had so much pressure for me and it just created more and more confusion. It was like a heaviness that stayed with me off and on through most of my life. Various careers have always had really good jobs and done a lot of different kinds of jobs. But after a while, that heaviness, which is not depression, but it is part of that confusion state.
1: So if we looked at key characteristic of a scanner, according to Barbara Shear. It seems to be that they have an innate enthusiasm about being endlessly inquisitive. She says that scanners are often described or describe themselves as being hopelessly interested in everything. A scanner doesn't want to specialize in any one of the things that she loves because that means giving up the rest. And some even think that being an expert, some scanners feel that being an expert would be limiting or boring. Interesting that when you think about scanners and the term renaissance man or renaissance woman and being well-rounded. So there was a time when having a scanner approach was looked at in a positive sense. But I haven't heard in my daily life those positive connotations. More likely it's that or perception or lens that they see the world is kind of silly or irresponsible or someday you'll get to it or focus did you experience that did you experience that feeling or desire to be so enthusiastic about everything and be a well-rounded or renaissance type of person
2: oh i believe so i think it really hit me when i was around 14 and This seems like a very simple occurrence, but my dad purchased an encyclopedia. And, you know, back in the dark ages when I was 14, that was an expensive purchase for any family, and especially for our family, but he was really committed to his children's knowledge and education and our ability to explore the world. And I got into that encyclopedia, it was like coming home, because all of a sudden the entire world of information was available to me. And at 14 and 15, I was, you know, planning trips to Europe and I had my routes all planned out and exploring Chinese medicine and African information history and, you know, European history. It was just really responded to that need for, for knowledge, that need I had to explore It was an an amazing thing, and that has really stayed with me. And, you know, when you mention the word Renaissance, I think that is so important because I think our modern education all of a sudden, at some point, became pretty rigid in a way. I think you and I both remember the days when it was very acceptable and encouraged to go to university and get a general arts degree, and then find a way to apply that, and that fell out of favor, and I think that was part of society's desire to create formats for people so that they could pick that one thing to be comfortable in. For me, I've never been able to pick that one thing. Simply turning on to Barbara Shear about a year ago, I think has really changed my life.
1: So, Madonna, you've come from a place, and you're speaking from personal experience, you've come up from a place where you were a scanner, but you didn't know you were a scanner. On some level, I'm sure you did. What did you do? Like, I did A, I did B, I did C, I did D. How did you get from one place to where you are now, being quite comfortable with having so many interests, embracing them, celebrating them, and more importantly, figuring out a way to be able to sustain these interests while sustaining your lifestyle. Anything to offer there?
2: Well, reading her book was really critical. I read it, and it was like, oh my goodness, okay, I'm normal. I'm very, very normal. And so that was a a starting point. That was a leaping-off point where I could allow myself to, okay, what would you like to do? What would you like to dream about doing? And to become very playful with that discussion with myself and writing things down and allowing myself to explore on paper what are all the possibilities. I mean, she has amazing exercises which she encourages her readers to do. And one of them is interest, the big list to do before you die kind of thing. And, you know, you can, I think I'm up to 20 different things that I'd like to do. Pretty much none of them are related to the other. But it's allowed me to think about, well, I don't have to do one thing. I can do two or three things and maybe four things at the same time. And I can do those four things well because I really love to do those four things. And I know I can get support from people in my life and people I'm about to meet to help me do those four things, Mildred. I think it'll all work very well for me.
1: I find that the scanner skill set is going to become more and more necessary as people find themselves in a position where they may have to do two or three different things to put the roof over their heads. And a scanner perspective I see is especially important for energy workers who often feel a real calling to contribute and show up in the world in a healer capacity, an energy work capacity. And as we both know, and as many people know, sometimes that path is a little bit of a difficult one when you're trying to take care of the logistics of everyday life. So, it would be quite encouraging for energy workers to say to themselves, "Well, I really love doing Reiki. I need to complement that with something else, something else, and something else, and feel really good about it because I have a genuine interest in these four other things. My curiosity is boundless, but what I wanted to ask you is on a day to day venue, how do you approach your day so you you're a scanner." You have wonderful, boundless curiosity about many things. How does that translate into, this is how I walk through my day?
2: Well, forgiveness is at the top of the list because even though I'm an aware scanner, that I have this new awareness about how I am in the world, I still... Act in that same way. You gave great description at the beginning and one of them that really strikes me and stays with me is the ability to lose focus. I have this plan to do this one thing and all of a sudden I'm doing something else and I forget, completely forget what it is that I wanted to do. So I have notebooks now where I write down what it is that I want to do, what it is that I commit to other people that I need to do. And I start my day with some basic exercises. I make sure I have some really good nutrition at the beginning of the day. And throughout the day, I make sure that I get out into the world, that I don't hide myself away at home all the time. I think that for me my interaction with other humans in a social setting or even a coffee shop is somehow very calming and allows me to nurture that scanner because there Barbershare breaks down the types of scanners and my understanding is that you know I'm a wanderer scanner as, as you know Mildred, I do like to wander. So I have to allow myself to wander during my day to make sure that I can stay within that framework of what it is I need to do for me and for the other people in my life. Now,
1: Madonna, when you said there's different types of scanners, now you have my curiosity going. So you're a wanderer scanner. Do you know the names of the other type of scanners and their
2: characteristics? So she has some wonderful ones, and there's so many of them. I don't think we can get into definitions for what they are for all of them, but she has a double agent, a sybil, a plate spinner, sequential scanner, serial specialist, serial master, jack-of-all-trades, a wanderer, and a sampler, high-speed indecisive. So she really, really, really has studied these traits and I think does a really good job. Jack of all trades, of course, for many of us, we have attributes that, you know, we can do many different things all at the same time. That appears to be rather effortless, that we have that ability to jump. Then the wanderer itself is someone who wants to keep their eyes open for what they enjoy so they can see new interests coming to them, that they can honor that curiosity. Reading her book, Refuse to Choose, I think is essential for people who may be listening to us and are feeling, oh my goodness, she's talking about me, they're they're describing me and how I am in the world, and I need to find out more.
1: As you were talking, I was thinking about articles about women and men and talking about multitasking, I understand what multitasking is. It's doing many things at one time. If you're a scanner, you can multitask, but if you are a multitasker, you're not necessarily a scanner, because with the scanning you always have that unbridled enthusiasm and curiosity about each of the things you're multitasking with. But For most of us, if we're multitasking, we don't necessarily have to have a burning interest in the numerous things that we're tackling at once. So I I thought that was kind of interesting when that came in. I thought, oh, yes, a multitasker versus a scanner. And I also hope that our listeners, when they're hearing Madonna and I talk back and forth about scanning, that if you have someone in your life that fits the characteristics of a scanner and they're struggling or putting themselves down because they feel they're not able to focus on a career path or whatever they feel they're supposed to be working on, should be, should be, should be, that perhaps this dialogue might be useful for them Because we might say something or pass a comment and a light bulb might go on and it might be the source of inspiration for their next step. So we'd highly encourage you, if you find that the information on scanners, Barbara Shear's information from Refuse to Choose specifically, is a touchstone or a stepping stone for another person, by all means, pass this podcast along. It's really easy to do. It will be stored in the blog talk radio archives, or it'll be available on my Facebook page. So share the good energy, because as Madonna was saying, until she figured out that she was a scanner, she really didn't have a beautiful, optimistic, all-inclusive way of viewing her many, many interests. She didn't have a, a solid and secure place to put them. Would that be accurate, Madonna? Would that feel true?
2: That feels very true, Mildred. And one more thing which I've noticed has been a really significant shift for me. I don't live in worry anymore. That is really a huge thing. And I think most scanners live in worry. Worry about, you know, am I going to get it together? Am I going to be able to figure out that one thing Am I going to be able to move forward? Am I going to be successful? So for me, it's just been really significant change. And I'm happier. I'm lighter. It's a great thing.
1: If you were going to give some positive messages to scanners listening or other people who may know scanners, what would they look like? I love five things today and that's a great thing or look at me cruise through 15 topics at record speed smiling all the way. Anything like that to share?
2: I am amazing I am curious. I am multi-talented. I am brave. I am prepared to continue moving forward prepared to learn more and more every year and where I am today is not going to be the same as where I am tomorrow
1: it almost sounds like where you are today is not going to be the same as where you're going to be in an hour you could be on another completely different journey
2: That could be right, Mildred, especially (laughs) if if I forget where I've been an hour ago, right? Because I haven't written it down.
1: Well, my heavens. Well, we could talk more about scanners. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to this, which really tried to cover what is a scanner, what isn't a scanner, and if you are a scanner, how to feel good about yourself. And there's nothing in this world like talking to a person who is a scanner and they've mastered and owned the scanning energy and figured out where to put this in their life and how to work with it. And, of course, I'm talking about Madonna because she has figured this out. And if you're a younger woman or a younger man who's into energy work, and I know I alluded to this earlier, and you've tried different things and you're not able to find your focus, well, maybe you're a scanner maybe looking for that focus on one thing isn't really how you're wired. Maybe it's not at all what you're about. You're about something a little bit different. Something that's absolutely right for you. So Madonna, thank you so much for being my co-host today for 2L's Having a Hoot.
2: Thank you Mildred, I really enjoyed talking about this today. I think it's really important information to get out into the world and We hope that it will help many of our listeners.
1: Join Madonna and I next month for 2L's Having a Hoot, where we'll be bringing another topic to the table. We haven't decided yet. We will scan that and see what comes out. Also, as I said a little earlier, if you feel that this information is useful to someone on your path, feel free to stream or download this episode of Two L's Having a Hoot in the Blog Talk Radio Archives. So, Madonna, you have a wonderful evening in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and I'll enjoy myself here in Sebastopol, California. Bye for now!
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please join us next time for Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, with Heisey Ludmers and Charlie Harrington, Tuesday evening at 8 p.m.